For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and I'm just excited to be back this week. It's kind of one of those moments where I'm just really grateful that we have this kind of platform and forum to talk softball and life with people. It's just awesome, plain and simple. So with that, reminders for more ways that you can support the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube as well and actually watch the episodes. With that being said, why don't we go ahead and jump right into today's order? So first we'll cover our bases. I'll share some news and updates with you as per usual. Then we'll head into today's interview with Sam Fisher and we go way back. Her softball experience at all of the elite levels runs deep and she's fun. So there's that. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, our new segment this season where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's go. Covering our bases. We're moving from sport to sport now, and it actually feels pretty good. And Bet Online has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, like the Masters. It's here. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, women's sports, it's what we're here for every week. What a finish to the women's college basketball NCAA tournament. It was just freaking epic. We had crazy elite eight games, a nail biter final four game set. And then of course the national championship game, which obviously I'm over the moon that my alma mater won. Stanford women's basketball has always been so good, but seeing them beat Arizona and win their first championship since 1992 was next level. Go card. But there was another cool moment too, that I have to mention This past weekend, Stanford softball also happened to be hosting Arizona softball for their Pac-12 series, and I was there calling the broadcasts. On Friday, they played a doubleheader, which was also the same day as the final four games. So when Stanford beat South Carolina to advance to the national championship, they announced it over the PA system at the stadium. And the softball team cheered for the basketball team, the staff, the limited fans that were allowed there. Everyone's going nuts. And then just a couple hours later, Right after the second game of the doubleheader, Arizona women's basketball was at the very, very end of their game against UConn, right after the softball game. Softball team was still in left field after their post-game huddle, watching the game all together on a laptop. And as the seconds counted down at the end of the game, you just saw them cheering and jumping up and down when Arizona advanced to the championship too. And I just thought it was so cool. A, that it happened to be the two schools playing each other right at the same place, but B, just that the moral of the story is that women supporting women is awesome. Oh, and also back the pack. 
But I also saw the same thing a little bit with Athletes Unlimited recently too. So the pro volleyball season just ended recently and they crowned a champion, Jordan Larson. And just the second ever Athletes Unlimited champion in their entire history after softball's Kat Osterman this past fall, as we know. And Betty De La Cruz got second, Brie King took third, Ari Cruz took fourth, and Nomaris Velez Agosta won the Defensive Player of the Year award. And they already announced season two for volleyball coming in spring next year. And honestly, I remember how excited we all were when we heard about softball getting season two. So it's just pretty cool. But the other thing that I thought was actually pretty cool is how I learned about all of this stuff. Like, how do you think I learned? Yes, I follow Athletes Unlimited on social media, but I actually saw the results of all of this for the first time from all of the AU softball players sharing it on their feeds about volleyball. And they were watching all season long, supporting their volleyball counterparts. It's just, again, more women supporting women and it's the best. And one of those Athletes Unlimited women is actually today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She's a pro softball player who's done a little bit of everything, played in Japan with Athletes Unlimited, This Is Us Softball, the MPF, and more, and a Loyola Marymount Hall of Famer, Sam Fisher. Sammy, do people <laughs> call you that? You know what? A select few people do get away with calling me that now, but it makes sense that you're saying it because that's like brings me back to 2002, you know? I mean, right, exactly. <laughs> that, see, because I've actually always thought that because I know like people call you Sam, obviously. But like you also refer to yourself as Samu. I know that's like a thing. And yeah. I was like, I know her as Sammy, but like I will go with this. Yeah, no, it's funny because that's like that's was my Japanese teammates way of, you know, that was my my name. That wasn't even a nickname. That was my name for them. So it really stuck. And now I don't know when it started that I'm referring myself in the third person, but it's it's really stuck. But yeah, Sammy, that's like that that really brings me back. It does. Deep cut, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing like it has been a long time we were talking about this a little bit before we jumped on but like I said we go way back but it's like my first travel ball team seriously you said it 2002 like 3d shout out to 3d (laughs) I know and then from there like we played against each other in high school like there's just been but yeah going back to that 3d team when we were just fresh-eyed you know 12 year olds are like softball okay (laughs) I know right actually good players Sorry, go. What were you to say? No, I think we may have been going in the same direction here. I was talking to my dad about this, like the players that were on that team the other day, because I mentioned that we were chatting. So they, my parents say hi. Uh, oh, hi. <laughs> but also, like, there are actually some players that ended, like, a lot of players on that team ended up playing in college. Yes, you know? and and um, even a uh, Brittany Cervantes was on that team, and she's still she's going to go compete at the Olympics. Like, it's amazing. They have players on that team. It's it's I love it. I love yeah. it. And yes, I did bring this up to Brittany Cervantes. So that's the other thing is I knew her as Brittany, right? But now everyone calls her serve. So I was like, yes. adjust. Total, a total shift. Cause that's, I knew her as Brittany and then playing against her in the pro league. Everyone's like, serve, serve, serve. And I'm like, serve. Oh, Brittany. Oh, okay. All right. I guess she serve. Sure. Go with <laughs> yeah. it. Yep. Make it work. <laughs> <laughs> I also love, by the way, I have to say, as we were scheduling this, I'm not going to put you on blast for what it actually is. But your oh. email address, <laughs> love it. I, every time, like when I have something that's like an adult, you know, like interaction where, oh, what's your email? I'm like, Sam, I made this email when I was 15 about my travel ball team and it, I haven't changed it. So 
every time I have that where I, I even put parentheses, like, don't, don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, you do. You did. And I was like, obviously laughed. Like, yes, yeah, it's obviously funny, but every time that happens, I'm like, Sam, you got to change your email address. And I just don't, I don't, I kind of love it though. Like one of my favorite icebreakers with people is like, what was your first screen name? You know, like, oh. first, like aim or AOL or whatever. And that's definitely a millennial thing. So for like anyone younger listening, I guess just disregard <laughs> for us. And like, I will put mine on blast just because I don't even know the login anymore, but I was fast pitch angel one. I'm dead. <laughs> I was awesome. Oh my God. That's so great. Um, my, this is the one I, the email that I gave you actually was not my first email address, but going back to like my AOL, you know, when you're getting cool, mine was reading Sam. So I like, I wish I, that's just no that's number. Just, just reading Sam, reading Sam. That was it. Oh, what does Sam like to do? Oh, she likes to read <laughs> <laughs> the no number thing. That's like, that's kind of a power move. I feel uh, like, yeah, I was the only, like, I was the first reading Sam. They didn't say, Hey, you need to spice it up. Cause this is taken, nope. you know, but I love, it. and didn't you were, your Jersey number was one forever, right? Yes. I was so, going to say, I feel like, and I, isn't your, I think your handle on Instagram's got 52 and it, like, yeah, that's just, yeah. I, that's such a softball thing. Like, it I feel really, like everyone does that. Yeah. That's like how you're recognized now as Jersey number. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like weird, but like cool. I don't know. It's yeah. It's inexplainable. It's like, this is just what you, this is just how we live now. <laughs> yeah. This is your identification. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. But the, I feel like one thing that's been very clear over the years too is like you're kind of obsessed with softball oh my god <laughs> right is that, yeah. fair to say? that is very fair to say yes it's been I mean every, like playing is one thing you know because I feel like t- getting to the the highest level and playing through college like you have to have some sort of obsession in a way of playing but just I I just turned I mean you too we just turned 30 like my life is still every single day softball and I feel like I I couldn't have pictured a better way to spend my time because I love I love watching it I love studying it I love playing it and working on it even on those days you know when when it sucks and and it's hard I'm still like this is the only place I want to be you know well that's true love it it is. It is. You're right. And even my husband even knows he's like, I get it. It's fine. You met softball first. You had this relationship. Yeah. yeah. First love. That's first funny. love. First love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I love that. And I feel like you, what I also love is when, when people have that something that they just love, that they kind of say yes to everything for whatever that is. And I feel like that's you in the sense where, like I said it in your intro, it's like the MPF, AU, Japan, like so many different things, Team USA back in the day. Like, yeah. I kind of feel like with your relationship with softball, you're a little bit of like a stage five clinger and I love it. <laughs> that, and it's so funny that you mentioned that. And the way that you put it is, is very interesting because in my like non-softball life, I'm a, I'm a tentative person. I don't like saying yes to a lot of different things, especially if I don't know enough about it or like if it seems like intimidating or, or whatever. And with softball, like you said, I, everything that has kind of come across or been offered or, you know, there's been an opportunity. I said, all right, let's go for it. Let's do it. Yes, absolutely. So it's, I sometimes feel like this softball, I want to be this person, you know, all the time because there's so many times in my, um, you know, off the field life where I'm like, I don't know, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. So 
it's it's uh, definitely been a say yes, let's let's go for it kind of lifestyle with the softball for sure. I love that you bring that up though because it's so true. I kind of feel similarly. Like I don't know, maybe it's a comfort zone thing because it is the first love, and you just that's what you know. So it's yeah. Easy. Um, but it is hard, like off the field and softball, sometimes it's not the same, you know, like softball can bring out certain things in you. Like I remember talking with Calista Balco and she was saying how people thought she was like, like mean, you know, just based on the way she played. And she is like the nicest person, you know, like super sweet, but she's like, but I was a pit bull on the field, you know? And, but some people do that like approach. For you, I feel like you're competitive, but you also just like really, you're, you seem carefree too. I don't know. Is that true? Cause you pull it off. <laughs> I that, you know what, that means a lot that that's how it comes across because I am definitely an overthinker and I'm definitely overanalyzing when I can, ju- I should just be like, Sam, just let it go. Just, just relax, you know, but I think it's because I love it so much. And at the end of the day, I know like, this is how I want to be spending my time, whether I'm over three or three for three, whatever it is, like this is what, this is where I feel the most me. And that, so that makes sense that it would come across, even if I'm overthinking, like, why do you swing at that? Or, you know, what, what, what why do you throw it there? Those kinds of thoughts that we've all had. Um, I definitely like, there's times where I, even now, especially getting older and being one of the older ones and uh, that that's still playing, like I'll catch myself during the game, just kind of like, you know, looking off into the distance and, and just really taking it in. Like, this is, this is great. Like I love being there. So um, yeah, I don't know if I really answered a question at all, but, and I kind of rambled, but yeah, I, I do feel like there is that carefree aspect because I am just, I'm just overjoyed with the chance to be living this life. It makes sense because I think all of us, whether it's softball or not, whatever we're doing, you just want to be content and like content yes. with your choices. And you are like, you're like, I am very content that this is the career path I've chosen you know, and that's hard to do. Like that is way easier said than done to actually feel content in your life. (laughs) Yes. It's a great accomplishment. Yeah. And I feel like that's not a word that's used a lot because like you said, it is so difficult to, to attain because it's different than happiness. It's different than uh, fulfillment. It's content is just very much like, like, yeah, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And, and it is interesting to try to achieve that. And I feel very lucky that softball came into my life when I was what, five, six years old. And that was it. That was the one. So I don't know what I'd be doing if it wasn't the one, I don't know what would make me content. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, exactly. Like hopefully, exactly. hopefully your husband would say too, like that that's what you guys experienced when you met and decided to get married. I'm getting the sense that he knows his place though. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love him so much. And he, he, he totally does get it. And yes, it, it very much was like, we, you know, the pairing and everything was like, right, let's get married. We love each other and stuff. But then you also, when, when you move in with me, you move in with softball too. So he, he definitely understands that. Well, you were up front. Hey. Yeah. Oh, straight up. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, truly. Well, I, I mean, also with all of these experiences you've had, it's like, of course you've had to have learned a ton about yourself, about life, about everything. So this might be tough to narrow down, but I kind of want to go through some of these different things that we've mentioned that you've experienced, like some of these different pro um, parts of the game. Like maybe we can go through them kind of like one at a time, but like with the NPF, for example, Mm -hmm. what do you feel like you really learned out of that experience? You know, that was unique to that experience, right? Yeah, definitely. That was, that was an interesting experience because I had gone from USA 
to the MPF. And with USA, you're competing mostly with the the girls that were playing in the World Series and were all you know all Americans and and just so you know the best player at their at their programs. And then going to the MPF, you know, the international competition was totally in you know intense and different and um, all that. But then now going to the MPF where you're competing with these girls as well, but also now against them more, uh, you know, that was an interesting challenge. And it was, it was USA was its own, obviously we'll talk about that, but going into the pro league was just me kind of realizing, Sam, you have to step your game up now, you know, you've been playing with USA and, and you understand that competition, but now this is a different ball game of you're playing, you know, world series esque games every, every night. So that learning, learning how much I could, how much more I could get out of myself, how much, you know, mentally, I think it was everything because by the time, let's see, I was 25 going into the pro league. By the time you're 25, your swing is kind of your swing. You know, you kind of, you're doing what you kind of are going to do for your career. So I knew that it wasn't so much about um, physically what I was doing, but mentally me stepping up and now facing, I faced Monica Abbott for the first time where I was like, whoo you know, and, and just how can I step up my mental game to where I'm not psyching myself out because I'm playing against these powerhouse players. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I know that you've talked about how that was a change from college, but also that you would never have changed your college experience. Right. Too, which yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I, I think I said that right. <laughs> but yeah, like, let's talk about LMU then like, let's actually divert from the pro situation and and that experience like what is the biggest thing that you learned I think I learned for for that I mean so many things gosh that you know being 18 to 22 years old what a what a time in your life first of all but I learned that I learned how much I how like how bad do you want it kind of thing um LMU we did not win a lot you know we didn't go to a single regional when I was there and it was something where I knew I had to really pull it out of myself to uh, to get what I wanted. I had these goals when I went into college and not that the coaching staff or, or anybody weren't going to help me. Like they still went out and hit me extra ground balls and threw me extra front toss and those things. But I really had to pull it out of myself to get what I wanted as a player while also still trying to be the best teammate that I can be, you know, obviously wanting the best first and foremost for the team. I want to win. And if I'm not putting my best foot forward as a player, I'm not giving my team, you know, the best that I can. So for me, it was just how bad, how bad do you want it? Whether you're, you know, losing every game by 10 or winning every game by 10, here's what you want. What are you willing to do in order to get it? And I think that's what those four years really taught me was what I was willing to do in order to get the things that I really wanted. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like when you, like a rising boat lifts or a rising tide lifts all boats, gosh, I, me and my cliches. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you're trying to fill your cup so that you can help pour into other people, right? Like, and you yeah. do have to have that with yourself before you can right. be a teammate. You know, you have to figure yourself out or else you're going to be lost. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. And you mentioned USA. So why don't, why don't we go there next? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like bouncing all over the place but that's fine that's completely fine um but with with USA yeah you talked about how that was like a specific type of competition yeah going to the MPF but what what was the biggest thing you feel like you learned in that experience I you know USA I still think about you know the the day that they said Sam you're on the team you know and I just think I'm like at Disneyland times 10 you know and 
um, I think from that experience, I learned, I learned that doubting myself was silly, you know, even though it's natural, like we all tend to do that, especially in softball, it's easy to doubt yourself, but, but like to, to take, to start taking myself to where I'm like, you know what, I can compete with all these, these athletes that play on TV that I've been watching and idolizing, you know, that I'm not like having an underdog mentality, I feel like is something that I've really come to love and embrace. And, you know, it is an underdog story, somebody from LMU making Team USA. But I think there was a certain point where I'm like, all right, I'm, I need to stop treating myself like an underdog. I, I, I am, I am good. I am, you know, so I think it was like a real confidence boost. Not that I was lacking in any sort of confidence before I always enjoyed what I was doing and felt that I was a good player, but now being able to look at myself in the mirror and be like, you are good, Sam. Like you, you can, no matter who believes in you or who doesn't believe in you, like you are good and you believe in you. So I think making USA was just one of those experiences that just, it, it just opened up my eyes and it opened up so many things that um, I, I started to feel about myself in a way of, you know, this is what you've always wanted. This is what you've been working for. And now you have it like own it, you know? I love that. <laughs> I, and I think we, it all starts with us, right? Like it, that's definitely, yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and it, it's hard. Cause, cause you're, you're never like, you don't, there's so much that's frowned upon of like, oh my God, she's cocky or like, she's arrogant for just saying, Hey, I'm good. Like, I feel like my whole life, not be, not because of family or anything, but because of like society, you're, you're not supposed to be like, I'm, I'm awesome. Like you're, you're kind of looked down on as like, why is she so into herself or like she, you know, and, and in reality, if you're telling yourself that you're bad, like you're going to feel bad. So being able to say, I'm, I am awesome at what I do is a great strength. It's not a weakness. It's not something that should be frowned upon. It's something that should be celebrated, you know? For sure. And with women, especially yes, <laughs> because we are so used to like curbing that. To, exactly. to try to other people comfortable, right? And it's like, <laughs> it's like the second that women do that, then everyone else is uncomfortable. And it's like, you know what? Maybe it's time for you to deal with being uncomfortable and not yes. me, you know? Yes. I like want to like pound on the desk. Like <laughs> that was so spot on. Yes. Yeah. No, but I, I love, we'll, we'll get into this later, but like along yeah. those lines, the Twitter like warrior in you, <laughs> it's awesome. So we'll, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get Great. there. But yeah, no, I love that because we crave sometimes, I think like tangible evidence of, Hey, we're good. Right. And like you making the team USA probably felt like tangible evidence, but it sounds like you actually realize after getting that, that you don't have to have that. It's just about what you feel about you, which is pretty, it's like ironic, but it's, it actually is great. Yeah. That honestly, I I never had the words for it. And that's, those were the words. (laughs) Absolutely. What I'm here for. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. <laughs> no, that, that's awesome. I mean, I, I love hearing that. And I know, like, we've covered a few things so far, but with, like, your LMU experience, too, I, I think I read, maybe it was an article with Athletes Unlimited might have been, actually, because I try to read as much of that content as possible. I love it. But you had said, like, one of the benefits of having gone to LMU, for example, and it's just a smaller school, like, capacity-wise, right? is that your coach let you be yourself and they didn't want the program to be cookie cutter. 
Yeah. And I feel like that resonated a ton with me because I think in the article, you'd also said like some people you see their swings, you know, what school they went to. Right. And it's like, is that really the goal? You know, like, should we be making everybody like have the same swing? Really? You know? And it seems like that has sort of transcended into USA to NPF and some of the things that we've already talked about too, which I, I love. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the, the, it's, it, it, sometimes I get nervous about saying stuff like that because I don't want to appear like, as if I'm uncoachable, you know what I mean? Like, so, so finding that fine line of, I was like my coach, he always, he always said this, Gary always said this, that like, you got to LMU doing what you're doing. Let's just continue that. And if something goes totally awry, we'll fix it. We'll work on it. But having the freedom to kind of go home, I always, you know, went home on the weekends and worked out with my dad and had him look at my swing and being able to work with people who had gotten me to that point and who could continue to get me through the next four years. You know, I think that was really big. And, and it, I think it kept away a level of pressure of I'm not doing this right. You know, because all, all I, all I had to do was what was right for my swing and for my hitting and for my approach. And I would be given a position to thrive and that was, that was, that was really a big, a big piece of it for sure. That is huge. I will say like, I wish I would have done some of that a little bit sooner. Like my senior year is when I finally felt like I figured out how to be me, you know, offense. You had a great year, your senior year. Thank you. I appreciate, I mean, so did you. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that, but, but you know, it's like, I, I would always work with my dad constantly. I'd even like overtrain to be honest, like in the summers and all that stuff. But I started like in between games or like after game one of a series before the next day, like going to a local park and swinging with my dad, you know, like if he was in town, I I didn't, wasn't able to like drive home as casually, but, but yeah, you know, and it's like to, to get back to yourself. I think the biggest thing that I felt, and maybe, maybe this is what you're getting at with the like coachable part too. It's like, you listen to everybody, but you take the things from each person that works for you, you know, that's, and I didn't really figure that out till my senior year, (laughs) but I'm glad. Yes. And that's exactly like my, my parents are always like, you can learn something from anybody. And like you said, try it. If it doesn't fit in. Okay. Then we tried it, move on. Oh, this really works from this person. Okay. I'm going to add this into my repertoire. You know, it's, it's a swinging is so hitting a ball is like the most challenging thing in sports, I mean, I can only say I played basketball like for 20 minutes, but I can only say that coming from a softball player, but it's so challenging that to try trying to overcomplicate it and getting away from what already made you successful seems like the wrong path. So yes, yeah, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Totally agree. Love it. <laughs> Love that you agree with me. Apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that we agree. Let's <laughs> But with that too, um, Athletes Unlimited, man, awesome. Like, yeah. I know I mentioned this to you a little bit before we, we got on the call, but just loved it. Loved it. And it was such a bright spot too in just an awful year. <laughs> like, we got softball. I mean, yes. I, I'm sure, I mean, we could do an entire episode on that, to be honest. But yeah. what, what was the, the biggest things for you? That that, you oh, my God. Athletes Unlimited, I, I, I've, been, I've been thinking, you know, as, I'm, as I was approaching 30 and turning 30, I'm like, okay, what do I want next when I'm done playing? I, 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 haven't, I haven't really known, you know, because all I want to do is play and nothing else seems appealing. But, but picking up with Athletes Unlimited, and then I actually uh, served on the player executive committee, I, 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 I figured out what I wanted, you know, post playing. And it was, I, I have to be a part of this 
company of the, you know, just everything that they did for us was something that I had only dreamed about to have maybe in the future for if I have a daughter who wants to play sports, you know, and that experience taught me, oh my gosh, mentally it, 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 it challenged me again because of the draft experience. Oh my God. I was a, like a total stress ball every Tuesday. And I'm like sweating in my hotel room, you know, my roommates in her room. And I'm like, Oh, this is the worst, but it, it made me, it, it kind of took me back to realizing what has made me successful as me and what can I contribute that nobody else can, you know, cause you've got these amazing athletes here and they all have something that they can contribute. What do, what do I need to do as Sam Fisher to be of service to my team? And that mental, uh, you know, that switch in my brain of like, I, I, it goes back to, I just got to stay true to myself, play ball the way I know how to play ball. And we're going to win some games. We're going to win some points and it's going to be great. So there were, there were challenges during that season of like, Oh my God, nobody wants me to, Hey man, who cares if when you got picked, you're, you're not, you're hitting six in the lineup and there's two runners on, what are you going to do about it? Right. So, so that was, Oh my God, it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. That's for sure. Well, yeah. And it, honestly, it was unlike any software I'd ever watched. Right. Like, and that, that was the point. It was for you guys to have this like truly pro experience yeah. innovative on top of it. And then for fans to be able to like lock in in a way that we'd never had before. Totally. And totally. I, I just feel like the boxes were all checked with athletes. Alone. Yeah. You, you know, you, you try to look for what we, we had meetings after the season. Okay. What can we do to improve? And we're all sitting there like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it was so fantastic. And I, I told somebody we were talking about like, what, you know, what was such a, what was one of the parts of it that was great to your experience? I'm like, they gave us quarters to do laundry. And to me that like was huge. And also is that the most depressing thing ever where I'm like, I, I needed $3 a week to do laundry and they gave me rolls of quarters and like the, like you said, the professionalism, the, the professional experience was, I, now I get it. Now I understand what a professional experience really looks like, especially in the States. It was, oh my gosh, so many great things. I feel like that's one of the biggest things I've actually learned through this podcast and talking with people like you and other players and, and people who have experienced all of this is women just want the opportunity. Like, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was maybe Morgan Howe who said, you know, some guys, some male athletes might be kind of annoyed. Oh, I have to post this sponsorship on my Instagram. Like what a pain. But, but for the women, you're like, we want that, you know, like we just want more yeah. and, and okay. any type of support. And like, honestly, when getting guests on the show, maybe you've probably experienced this too with your podcast. Like every, people just want to do it. Like yes. it was, it is a lot easier than probably if I was like covering baseball, right? Because yeah. women just are like, yes. And it's not just about them. It's not because like you really want this notoriety. It's because you want the exposure for the game, for women in general, for women athletes. Like there's just, you know, so much to it. I feel like we, we as women end up thinking about like the collective a lot and yeah. it raises everybody. It's, yeah. It's, and it's very natural. And, and it's something what's, what's great one piece that I really learned, um, at athletes unlimited, we did what, what, what's called Wolfpack, which is Abby Wambach. And she, oh my God, like she talked for like an hour before we started. And, I, and someone was like, Sam, close your mouth. Cause I'm sitting there like, you know, <laughs> like, dude, mind your business. But 
one thing I learned, and I don't know if you've read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Okay. Oh I really was about to bring it up because okay. I watched Glennon recently on a conference and I had the same type of experience that you oh, had. Right. Where you're like, close your mouth. <laughs> I can't. I'm in awe. And 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 in 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 untamed and then hearing Abby speak, talking about women just being grateful. And you know what? It's time to stop just being grateful. And we are, that's the thing. I, I mean, I think about what I'm grateful for and the first thing I think of other than my family is the opportunity to play ball at, at this level. But I want more. I want more for me. I want more for my friends, my teammates. I want more for my future. If I do have a daughter one day, don't tell my husband I'm talking about children, but what I want more and, and sitting back and be like, I'm totally okay with just this. I think that's over, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I feel like I'm screaming at the computer, but like, I'm getting, you know, getting fired up about it, that you're, you're so right. Like we want so badly to, to do this, let us do this. And that's something with athletes unlimited showing us on TV, allowing people, allowing us to be in people's living rooms. We know the product that we've been putting on the field. Now everybody else can see it, you know, and, and that, that has been, that was a piece of the experience, but besides the softball playing where I'm like, you know what, I am grateful, but that's not all I am. And I think that's a huge step for us, for women in sport all across the board. Yeah, you don't get what you don't ask for. And that's like real though. Like, yes. you know, when you start anything, like I've always kind of been like, I'm not a shameless person typically when it comes to that. So it's like crying it out for me to be like, okay, do you mind, can I ask your help? You know, like, it's just, I don't know, because we're also taught to be like, we're strong women, right? We grew up as athletes. We're taught to like, hey, go get it yourself, you know? But you, like, I don't know. I just, I had the goosebumps just now when you when you were talking about it because that that's it. Like, and it's like, we're not asking for that much, but apparently we're going to have to like fight to the death for this. But you know what? We will. So we, w- that, we will. That's the thing. We, we will. You're right. We absolutely will. And it's, we know, we know what we do. And every time I see a, a great story about a male athlete and everything they've had to go through and the obstacles and, and the strength and all this, I'm like, I know women who have done this, this same thing. I know what I've done. I know what my teammates have done. And you know, getting that credit is, is, is on the path, you know, like that's what we're aiming for. And, and it's just, it's, we're fighting the good fight, Jenna. We are fighting the good fight. Yes. And it is worth it actually going back to the feeling content thing. Absolutely able to feel content with fighting this fight because we know it's the right fight, you know, Mm -hmm. and it does. And the reason I'm saying we too, like, I'm obviously not playing, but it's just, it's every piece of the puzzle, right? Like it's like we do part like we talked about with coverage, it's, it's every little thing matters. And the thing that I'm wanting and hoping for is to see more cross support from like baseball players, like the way that the NBA has started to embrace the WNBA more. Right. I just think because it's not an us versus them. It's a, can't we all like be successful thing, you know? So like United front having the allies, it's just important. I don't know. Absolutely. And even like what you said, it doesn't, it's not just the players, it's everybody involved. It's everybody watching. It's, it's interviewing people on a podcast and having them tell their story and people hearing and be like, oh my God. And, and realizing that there's more, there's so much more, you know, and, and it's, it's everything. It's all, we're all doing this. We're all doing this together. Like you said, we, we're all doing this together. So like having those counterparts on, you know, on the male side, it just lifts us up even more. 
Absolutely. And with, with your podcast too, the unknown pro, I love that you've also like baked this into athletes unlimited. So it's like beyond softball, right? Like we talk, we're talking about women's sports. Like, of course, softball is a big part of that. And that's our favorite piece, but like, this is like a lot bigger too. Like, yeah, I think it's great when people who are still playing too, who are still actually on that side of things start to do that, like a little bit of off the field stuff as well. Yeah, I, I, um, I was, ner- I thought about the podcast for like a year and I, it was one of those things, like I said before, I'm very anxious and nervous if I don't know kind of what podcasting is so strange to me, you know, before and getting into it, my cousin runs a podcast. So like, she kind of helped me know more about it, but like, I have always been interested in people's stories and in, in their journeys. And how did this person get to be an Olympian? You know, there's so many things that go into it, which I know I'm sure you and I share that, that curiosity and these stories, like they matter. They, it matters to hear what, what these women have done to be successful and, and the obstacles, like talking to Kelly Crutchman, who's who played until she was 40 years old, 41, what the obstacles that she had to overcome, I'm sure when she was in her twenties compared to what we're doing, like it's, it's growing, it's getting there. And just knowing like, this is what you had to go through. You fought the good fight. And now, you know what, we're going to fight the good fight and see what it's going to look like in the next 20 years. Oh, absolutely. Like, and that's a great example. And I remember Kat, like kind of challenging all of you guys, like, Hey, you know, me and, and some others, like we played this long so that you guys could do what you're doing. Like, you guys got to keep playing so that the next generation can too, you know, but it's like, that's also what it's about too. It's like the, but the, I think the recognition is important. Like even definitely us, people our age, recognizing what Kelly Crutchman has done. Right. Yes. Like, and, and yeah. that's, amazing. and the stories that themselves, like, that's like one of the best parts about softball other than the product is great. Right. But like the right. stories are amazing. And I actually think that's how you get more people on board too. Like, I think yeah. there's some growth there, at least in terms of like people paying attention mm-hmm. and sharing the stories because they're unbelievable. Oh yes, absolutely. And that's, you, you think about the fan connection and you're like, I know this, I, I think of all the stories that I've seen. And then I, I end up following that person through their career and think, Oh man, what they had to overcome. I want them to succeed so badly. It's, it's like human nature to start rooting for somebody when you know more into their, you know, into their story. And so I, I definitely agree with you. Yes. Oh, I love it. Like I said, I mean, we could do an entire episode. We could do a series on this. So <laughs> we could yeah, we'll pause for now, but yes, like, now, now I feel like we're both like fired up on, on so much. Like I'm hot. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, all right. I need some water, but, <laughs> um, but you know, like kind of looking at your other experiences too, like Japan, right. And I've heard from everyone I've talked to that has competed in that pro league that it's it's awesome because you actually have a ton of fans in you know in a non-COVID situation um, and corporate backing and a lot of the things that we want in the states right like are there. So anyway, with with that sort of in mind, what what were the biggest things you learned in that experience? Man, playing over there is hard. It, it it's you know they're so good. It kind of ties into the international experience being really a specific type of competition. And it's weird because I could never explain what makes it different. I don't know what makes it different, but it, it just, there's something about it. And, and for me, my first season there, I hit like 191, like that's embarrassing, but then I had to learn 
how do I, how can I be successful here? You know, within myself, how can I now be successful here? And I had to learn, I had to go with a different intention when I was practicing and training and everything while I was still doing what made me successful. Now I had to just kind of funnel it into what's going to make me successful in this league. And fortunately the next, you know, I hit over 300 the next season, which thank God, because I'm like, they're not going to ask me back if I do this like again, you know, but that experience and I'm actually I'm trying to get over there now but with with everything with COVID and stuff I haven't been able to get a visa so I'm kind of stuck um but it is it's everything that I'm sure that you've heard and it's also a weird challenge because you're so alone that it 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 made me real it kind of I always have felt like I'm an independent person in, in ways. Um, even though, you know, I only went to college 40 minutes from home, just in case I needed my mommy, you know? Um, but learning, learning what it truly meant to be self-sufficient and independent, because it's you and one other foreigner. Fortunately for me, my, uh, my teammate is Jordan Taylor, who I just love to pieces. Um, so that was a real, real good, good pairing, but knowing that after you're at the field for eight hours and you're, you know, you eat dinner with your team and then you go back to your room and you have the rest of your evening, everybody that you know and love in America is asleep. So you're sitting there, you're like, well, what do I do? You know how, and I think it was a really good mental health experience for me of just how can I make myself happy by myself alone doing, you know, and man, I read a lot of books and I was extremely happy, you know, so. (laughs) Reading Sam, like. Going back to my roots. Yep. (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was a lot of things and it's just, I can't wait to go back, you know? So it's, oh my gosh, it's everything. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point. Like, because I remember thinking like, oh, I'm so into, like, this is on a different sort of scale, smaller scale, but I was like, yeah, like I'm so self-motivated, right? Like I got this. And then trying to figure out like what I wanted to do fitness wise when I'm not being told where to be, what time, exactly what to do. Not as easy <laughs> as I thought. You're like, I know I want to work out, but do I know how to go and do it? Maybe I don't. We've been having people tell us what to do for our whole, you know, going through college that all of a sudden you're like, okay, now what? Right. I can, like, okay, I'm working out, I guess. Yeah. Here. And then you look over and you're like, why is that girl in this gym wearing a skirt? Why is this guy wearing jeans? Like, what am I doing here? You know, (laughs) that's a weird thing. Totally. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) back back to the, to the softballs Um, with this is us too. You mentioned service earlier, which, which made me think of this is us. And you're talking about the independence with Japan, but I was really struck by the coming together actually that took place with This Is Us. I just had Kiki Soaps on the show and she was talking about like the conversations you guys had and just how great it was that everybody was just freaking on board, you know? I'd love to see that. But I'm sure there's a lot of things you could say, but what are some of the top things that come to mind with that experience? I think just like kind of what you said, um, the coming together part was unbelievable. I mean, and, and so instantaneously, that's where I'm like, you know, you, you see these stories or you watch these videos where you're like, I believe in people, you know, there's a lot of things that happen that, that you lose your faith. And you, this was one of those things where I'm like, I freaking believe in people like this. We're going through what a trash bag of a time 2020 was, you know, it was a dumpster fire and we're still trying to recover and going through that with, with those women and, and just knowing, like, I, I feel like when I, 
when I'm, when I like something or when I, I, I feel for something, I'm like a hundred percent in and, and everything that was going on, especially with, you know, the fight for justice and all that, I felt like I had all of this passion and all of this energy and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to act with it. And then we got this opportunity, which I, I you know, sucked and I wish it didn't happen, but you know, it's, it happened and we all of a sudden had a place to put all of this energy and all this passion and we had a way to act. And that to me was really important to find a way to act and to work with people from different backgrounds, different, you know, every type of walk of life, you know, race, religion, socioeconomic, all these different things. And just being able to say, here's our common goal. Let's work together. Like, it seems so easy when you say it like that, you should just, let's just work together. Um, like let's all treat each other well everybody be nice right it's so easy to be nice <laughs> like so at, collectively as a whole that's kind of that's that's what I really felt most strong about when that all happened with this is us and then thinking about it on a personal level of what you know I was wearing a lot of hats at the time and it, and it made me it, I, I felt so empowered for, by what we were doing, but also like personally as an individual, I like, I realized how much I can really handle emotionally, um, physically, mentally. There were so many things because we were in the process of buying a house at the time. We, you know, we, we, I literally had to sign my house, like my closing documents in Florida where I was like, we bought a house, honey. Like <laughs> doing that, you know, my, my mother-in-law passed away at and th that summer. Like there were so many things that were going on and everything was on fire and we we're trying to do all these things. And I felt like I was steady. Like that part was really empowering to me, knowing what we were trying to do and knowing that I wasn't losing my mind at the same time, you know? So it was all around. I mean, holy crap, you know, it was what it, I, I don't think I'll ever go through anything like that ever again. <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely hope that you don't with the negative. Cost, right. Um, absolutely. And I'm sorry to hear about your mother-in-law. Oh yeah. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. I was, able, the team was so unbelievably supportive because once this all got rolling was when like I had, I said, you guys, I just, I, I want to be here, but I have to go. And I was able to be home with my husband when it happened and stuff. So all in all the support, like that it just goes along the lines of I'm supporting you as a human being. Right. And that, that's at the end of the day, that's what we're learning. And that's what we're trying to put out there is I'm just, you as a person, I I'm here for you, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing that, that is so easily forgotten too, with people watching, especially, you know, the keyboard warriors on yeah. social media, um, especially the male ones who probably quit playing in little league, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's like, you forget that the, like, these are people like, I don't like in what world is this like, okay to, to, you know, attack somebody and, and try to make them feel bad. I don't know. So now I said we would go there. We're going there now with the Twitter warrior persona that I've seen from you. So here's my thing. Like, how do you decide like when to respond or when not to respond to people? Because good question. It, you know, it is hard. And there's times where my favorite response is just, I put a K and like reply. And that's, that's like been my, my go-to for the ones that maybe aren't worth responding to, but I've got like 5,000 followers on Twitter. It's not like I'm overwhelmed in my mentions that I can't get back to everybody. So that's where it's fun. Cause I'm like, oh, I've got the time. Like I can get back to all you guys. And, um, 
there's some that are so stupid and preposterous that those are the ones where I'm like, I don't even know how to formulate a thought after what you're saying. So I'll just go ahead and leave you alone. But then there's the ones where I'm like, I, I think about if you said this to my face and that's kind of when I'm like, I would respond to this if you said this to my face. So there's some, there's some things and, and, you know, I'm sure you've had this in social situations where someone says something so stupid and ridiculous that you're like, okay. And you move on. Like you can't even, you can't even combat that. So I think if they said this to me in person to my face, what would I have to say about it? And that's where I go like, all right, that's what I'll say. <laughs> so in a way I feel like a keyboard warrior myself, but fighting in a good way. Good. Like you yes, fighting for good. good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense because it's, I, I just, I, the, the amount of things that are, are put on the internet is unbelievable. Like that's a whole other debate where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, social media, good or evil. Right. And there that's, you could argue both sides of it for sure. But yeah. I just once in a while love to see a good clap back. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> Me too, man. That fires me up. It really, it, it does. Especially when it's something that's so stupid where you're like, all right, let, let, just why do you think that you can, why do you think that you can say this? And to your point, you see it a lot with athletes. Like to the point that you said about people are, we're people, people, I, you see what, especially the guys, the guys who are playing in the big time and they strike out or they make an error. And for some reason they lose and they get death threats. That's where it's like, why do you think that this person that's playing this sport is like a servant to you just because they're on your team? You know, they're, they're people. And, and that's, it's, it's disappointing that it happens, especially because you know that some of these people wake up in the morning and that's their, their, that's their only to-do list is to go and just troll on the internet and say stupid things, whether they feel that way or not. And it's just, it's, it's so gross. It's super gross. And it's like, what's the goal here is the goal to try to motivate that person to do better so that your team wins because this ain't it no, you know, like not at all yeah and i and i think about it speaking of you know the goal with especially with twitter is like i i've thought about it i'm like i am not going to change this person's mind there's every person i've responded to on twitter guaranteed their mind has not been changed and that's where i'm like is this worth it but then i see the response. And I see, I would want to tell somebody to stand up for themselves when they were given the opportunity to stand up for themselves. And that I think is more important to me rather than if they, if they change, if if they still think women belong in the kitchen, then go on and live your life person, have fun. But somebody is going to see that I said, no, we deserve this or whatever. And hopefully feel empowered to do the same and feel that they can fight the good fight as well. So I feel like that kind of goes, the clap back is more about the, you know, the motivation factor on everybody who's with us, you know? Yes. It's not about the people who you're clapping back to. It's about other, right. That's exactly yes. That's yes. exactly right. Yeah. I love that. I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes like responding to stuff like that, it's like swinging at a rise ball though, you know, <laughs> like it looks so good. You're like, Oh, like I got it. And then you're like, Oh, <laughs> should I have done that? <laughs> yeah. And I know you like the rise balls for really like, should- actual ones. I sure, I sure do. Yeah. But it does. It looks so good. It's right at your eye level. Like why wouldn't it be, that be a pitch that you should swing at? <laughs> so let me ask you this. What's yeah. your best memory of swinging at a rise ball and act and like connecting with it? Oh my God. I, I love this question. 
there's one that I can think about. I was in Akron, we were playing the Dallas charge and actually I was facing a girl who I knew cause she played on Pumas. She was younger than me and her name is Jill Compton. And she threw me a rise ball that, that I, I hit and it, it, it went so far that at, at, at our, at Firestone stadium, we had our fence, but then there also was a farther fence that it hit off of the, off of the 300 foot fence. And I was like, man, no wonder I keep swinging at those. Look at what happens when you connect with one. It might only be 4% of the time, but that was exciting. <laughs> Poor Jill. I, I feel so bad, but you know, a friend to friend. So that was like, if it was going to be anybody, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, I, I love that. I had to ask because like, sometimes it does happen, you know? Yes, yeah, you know, those ones go the farthest. That's why you keep swinging at them, you know? True. I mean, Mendoza used to tomahawk stuff all the time. So many balls that weren't strikes over the fence. And it's funny that you bring her up because my sophomore year of college, we, um, we had a hitting coach come in. He was a little, a little, uh, wonky kind of guy. And anybody who was on the team with me at that point can, can back me up on that. And he kept telling me to stop swinging at balls in batting practice. And I was like, okay. And then I asked Jessica Mendoza, I'm like, Hey, my hitting coach wants me to stop swinging at balls. Like, is that, what do you think about that in practice? And she said, I'm the wrong person to ask because even if it's rolling, it looks good enough to hit. And, and that solidified swinging at balls because umpires don't always get it right. When you're down two strikes, like you can't, you can't guarantee that you're going to get something, you know, you have to be able to protect. And so that I love that you brought up Jess, cause it's absolutely like I can hit this ball. I don't care that it's four feet away from me. Like I can put my barrel on it and something's going to happen. Exactly. She makes it look so easy. So really we should just blame her. Uh, yeah. It is her fault. When I swing at a ball that almost bounces, Jessica Mendoza, I did that because I did that for you. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like you, like when we're talking about like the Twitter trolls and like all this stuff, but we've talked about some other folks you mentioned like Jordan Taylor. We're talking about Mendoza. I feel like you're kind of friends with everyone. <laughs> there was one morning when I was still I, before we bought this house I w- we were living at my dad's and there was one morning where I woke up and I was making breakfast and I looked at my phone and my dad and I are hanging out and on, on my screen I had a text from Monica Abbott Natasha Watley and Kelly Crutchman I don't know what the day was. I don't know why I, I still don't I don't remember exactly what it was and I said dad when did we when did this ever when would I have ever thought that this would be my life and I I just I think I just, I admire these, the people that I'm playing with so much. And I love that, that that's a, that you think that I'm friends with everybody. Cause I really feel like, I just feel so lucky to know all these people who have done so many great things. And to the experience that I've had in order to meet all these different people has been so, oh my God, it's so much fun. And there's so many, so many good people in, in the sport and around it and, everything like that. So it is, it's, it's been a wild ride. The people that I, I still have a tendency to get starstruck, which trying to like not, but I still feel like I'm reading Sam and I'm like, Oh my God, I love you. You know? And I'm, they're like, Sam, we, we literally went to dinner last night. Like, cool it. You know, <laughs> honestly, like I, I felt that a little bit when my fourth interview ever on this show was Natasha Wiley. And oh. I was Wait, but like, yeah, going back to like 3D Jenna and 3D Sam, it's like, would I have, like, I would have been never thought this, you know, like, and that's like totally even different than playing with them, right? Like, and it, oh, but it's yeah. just so cool. It, it's, yeah, I can, oh my gosh. 
oh, especially Tosh, Tosh. She's so like, even see, cause she's still over in Japan. She helps coach and everything. I'm sure you guys talked about that and seeing her, I still have to like, okay, depress him, go over there. Like you're an acquaintance, <laughs> not a fan, even though you are, you know, yeah. be like, oh, hey Tosh, you know, like casual. It's, it's never, I'm never casual. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if that's like the word I would use to describe. No, yeah. it's not in, it's not in the cards for me. <laughs> You know, it's not in the cards. <laughs> but okay, I also know you're a Harry Potter fan. Yes, I am. It's like uh, you know that could be. We could literally have done like an entire like mini series here of all these yeah, topics. <laughs> Which yes. like you know we'll we'll talk about that offline as they say. But um, I wanted to ask you to sort some of your friends into Harry Potter houses. I am a game on. <laughs> All right. Well, we start with the people you just mentioned, actually. Like, all right, Natasha. Oh, oh gosh, Natasha is absolutely a Gryffindor. She's That's just, great. gosh, what a, what a, what a perfect example of a Gryffindor. Totally agree. <laughs> that was kind of like, that was That's a, a gimme. For you. Yeah, that was like a warm up. All yes. Right. Great. Okay, Monica Abbott. <gasps> Ooh, Monica, she's tough because she, oh man, she's probably. I want to say she's probably like a Ravenclaw because she's extremely analytical and very focused on like um, procedure and, and routine and stuff. And it's, that seems like a, a Ravenclaw trait, you know? I, I, I can see that for sure. She definitely like is very precise, you know? Yes. Yes. And she would probably sit there with the riddle trying to get into her common room and be like, I need to figure this out and we're going to, everything's going to be fine. I got this. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I think, I think both <laughs> those make a lot of sense. Okay. And then you just said Kelly Crutchman. So we'll, we'll go with her next. She's for sure a Hufflepuff. She's like, she's here and she's, you know, like she's not ruffling any feathers and she's just here and, and doing her best. And she's also like a great warrior, but, um, but yeah, definitely she's, she's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I love knowing that because like knowing that somebody who knows her because like right like you see people play you you'd think assume one thing but then the person yeah. right is different so that's and that's been I even told her that I'm like you've been life's biggest curveball because playing against you I'm like oh my god you're so good and also like would you ever talk to me and then meeting her is like a completely different experience because she's just the sweetest most like She's, oh my God, I talk about another episode of being able to say nothing but good things about Kelly Crutchman. That could be like a six hour conversation. <laughs> that, that, that's very fair. But I yeah. love that we have three different houses too. Like this actually- I know, I was like not planning on that at all. It just happened. Are you like the sorting hat secretly? Like I try to be, I, I, you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, well, I love that. I do have to obviously ask you about Amanda Chittister. Oh, Chitty. Chitty's a muggle. I don't think Chitty is going to go to Hogwarts. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of, I guess. She she'd probably, she would probably also be a Hufflepuff because she's ah, she'd be between a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor because I feel like she's very passionate about like the right thing, but she also doesn't necessarily like to you know, ruffle any feathers in the same way, like I said about Kelly, but she's, you know what, we'll give her a Gryffindor because I definitely feel like given the chance to fight for what's right, she would, she would enter the fight. Not that Kelly wouldn't, but still, you know what I mean? I'm just thinking about yeah. like the final battle. <laughs> no, no. Right. Cause like, that's what it comes down to. You need it's to know. It's true. <laughs> okay. Last couple for this, um, would be your, I'm going to hit up your little Sam's club that you had going on in eight. <laughs> So why don't we start with Sammy Fagan? <laughs> Sammy Fagan. 
Oh, Sammy Fagan's a Ravenclaw because she doesn't really want to be bothered, but she's like the best at everything that she does. So she's like very much, she's so, man, she studies the game and she pays attention to the game so much where I feel like it'd go with that, the brains of the Ravenclaw, but also like socially, she's just like, we hung out just the two of us literally like, and Sam would come too. That was it. Like socially just, you know what, just leave me to my learning and I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Okay. I like that one. I like that one. And then yes, the other Sam, Sam Chow. Sam, she, you know, she's tough. Cause I, you know, what's tough about saying that somebody is a Slytherin is that you automatically think that somebody is evil, but I it's, that's unfortunately that's what, you know, that's right. what the bad guys did to this poor house. But I'm going to put Sam Shaw and Slytherin because she very much like she works really hard and she is going to do what it takes in order to get to the get to the level that she needs to be. And I think that that's a that's a that's one of the things about Slytherin that is so good is that willing to do what it takes. And I think that she's very much that way. So I, I def- I'm going to put her in Slytherin. I like it. Um, you might've noticed I was like intently listening because I am a Slytherin. No way. Okay, cool. And I, and I, so this is how, you know, someone's like a really like deep fan, like you, where, you know, like, you know, the misconceptions and like the good stuff, but I actually was like devastated when I first (laughs) heard more quiz or whatever. Cause I was like, oh, Gryffindor, right. Doesn't everyone like think that going in? And then I was a Slytherin, but now I like totally own it. You know, now I'm like, all. I like have my wand from Harry Potter world and all that stuff, but it's yeah. good. It's a good house. It's good qualities. And you know, it just so happened that some bad guys came out of it, whatever. Right. We still you know? had Snape, right? Like we, you know, yeah. yeah, truly, truly. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. I'm a Hufflepuff. And like you, I was like, I want to be Gryffindor, you know? And I'm like, Sam, you're, you're not, you're, you're a Hufflepuff, like chill. But that goes back. Like we got to be content with us, you know, exactly. embrace it. Yes. Yes. I like that. Okay. That was actually my next question is like, where would you, where oh, would you yeah. build it? Life. Loyal. Yeah. Hufflepuffs are loyal. And I feel like that's been my whole life has just been like loyalty. <laughs> For sure. And I know you're loyal to chocolate milk. Oh my God. Yes. Love it. First of all, huge chocoholic, but oh, really, great. I've been all about the iced hot chocolate, which is essentially chocolate milk, but just yes. sounds like fancy. It's like saying Target instead of Target. Oh, yes. But it's oh delicious. Like where, so good. Where is it from or you make it? No, no, no. It's I definitely don't make it. Not ironically enough for the Twitter tr- trolls, I am not in the kitchen very often. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so I go to Phil's, which is like a Bay Area, really popular okay. here. Um, but then I like coffee bean for the SoCal kids. Oh my gosh. You know what? Um, if you ever find yourself in New York City, there is a place called Serendipity and they have a frozen, I'll send you a picture after this. It's frozen hot chocolate, which like you said, it kind of that doesn't make any sense. Like, is this but, sort of a milkshake, ice cream? But yes, yeah. love it. Love it. So I'm, okay, that good, good topic. Best topic yet. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I was like, I have to mention this. I know we're like longer than we said we would be, but I was like, got to, got yeah, to. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> chocolate milk is the number one topic. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we could talk for literally days as we've established already, but I will, I will attempt to wrap up now with <laughs> the game that I play with everyone who comes on the show called Safer Out. Yay. See, I love that you're excited about it because some people are like, oh no. And I'm like, dude, it's come on. <laughs> like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yes. Everything will be okay, but it's super simple. Like I'll bring up a topic and if you like it or you agree with it, you say safe. Okay. And if you don't like it, you don't agree with it, you'll call it out. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. 
Okay, so first one is players mic'd up during the game, like during play. Mm. Safe route. Safe. With it with an asterisk, because I think that the talking like to the people, I would say that's out. But just collecting their thoughts and what they're saying, I think safe. Good distinction. Because Jesse Warren made it look super easy, like in the infield. Like yeah. she like, I hit a smoking she freaking, I hit a, like probably the hardest ball I hit at AU while she's mic'd up and she dives and catches it. I'm like, right. Okay. That's like, I don't, this isn't normal. You know, maybe the outfielders, like when, when like Megan Wiggins and some of the others were doing, I was like, okay, like I get it, you know, but infield, I was like, whoa, this is bold. Yeah. But I like that distinction. Thank you. Yes. Nailed it. Okay. All right. So that was the first one. Second one is pinch runners. Safe <sighs> That's a really tough question. I think I want to say safe, even though me being somebody who gets pinch ran for, I want to say out because I've always prided myself on base running and like being able to read the ball and being able to take an extra base, even if I'm not very fast. So, but strategically there are girls that are faster than me. So safe. But great point though, because it is so much more than just being fast. It is. Oh my God. It's your brain on base running. They really do because it can make or break a game. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like even, oh my gosh, Stevie Wiz, right. And the 2019 world series uh-huh. wide into home, right? Like, come on. Like that's not just speed. That's like, right. you're thinking about it. You know what you're doing. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Okay. Very fair answer. Thank you. And then the last one is of course a loaded one. And I actually kind of know your answer, but I want to hear it like from you, not on Twitter. You know what I mean? But <laughs> bat flips out <laughs> so I know I had a feeling that's what you're gonna say but it's you know what I am 100% out on bat flips but Sam Shaw and I like have developed this amazing friendship that knowing that I can't stand the bat flip and I hated it like watching her do it um I didn't let that get in the way of me getting to know and that was a big I think that was a big maturity moment for me Um, when we met and we, you know, we were throwing partners, our lockers were next to each other. We, you know, we have McDonald's dates and now we're in the Sam's club together. Like there, there were so many things that I learned from disliking something that somebody does without taking it to them as a person. Cause she's an incredible person, but yeah, I hate it. I, I wish I, I wish I was a little more open to it, but what's funny is that when Sam does it, if she does it now, I'd be like, I hate that. That was good. You know? (laughs) totally so it's there's sometimes when it's when it's kind of cool even though I don't like it but there's sometimes where it's like if you do it on every home run you hit like come on stop it right that's that's yeah that's when it's like act like you've been there before but but I I'm kind of with you I'm not I'm kind of anti-backflip as well like just my nature is like I wouldn't do it you know what I mean right but like I, when I've talked to more people like, like you right now and some others who have talked to like Sam Chow, right. Yeah. It, it seems like it's like, it happens when it's authentic. Like it's a yes. big moment in the game and you're just fired up sort of thing like that. I can wrap my mind around, but it's like, absolutely no boating stuff where it's like not authentic that you're like, eh, no thanks. You right. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like there, there's times where it's like kind of unreasonable, you know, where you're <laughs> like, okay, you're already up by nine. Like, right. like come on. showing up and Sam, it's funny talking to her, every single bat flip she did was putting the team ahead or tying the game. And right. so I'm like, that's big time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bat flipped once in my life, one time. 
it was against the University of San Diego, which is where Caitlin Healy went. Oh yes, 3D, and, shout out. Yes, yes, another one, another one. And um, it wasn't off of her, but I hit, it was kind of a monster bomb. And I like hit it and I let go of my bat. And I, you know, my dad, I went home that night. My dad was like, uh-uh, we, that's not, we don't, who do you think you are? You know, like, <laughs> and, and then I'm like, no. So I did, I did have the experience of doing it once. And my dad seriously was like, who do you think you are? <laughs> See, that's, that, that's what dads are for though. Keep us in line. Keep very, us very true. I, I've never bat flipped, but I remember one time in high school, which was a, a not as mature Jenna um, <laughs> at the time. But I can't, who are we playing? Oh, I think we might've been playing Royal. Okay. Blue Royal. Right. It's like your, your rival of the Steam Valley, but I think we were. And I remember the pitcher kept throwing like off the plate, like just throwing away, like not giving me even anything to hit. So I literally like stood on the line at one point <laughs> and just like hit one. Right. And I'm, I'm not like necessarily, I don't consider myself a home run hitter, but it was high school ball, whatever. And you hit home runs. You had the capability to. Yeah. I was, it was like something I could do. It just right. wasn't like, you know, every other at bat or anything, but <laughs> I remember rounding the bases. This is so embarrassing. Rounding second base. And I, some, a couple of my friends from the baseball team were there and they were like right in front of me, right. Mm-hmm. While, while I'm rounding. And my number was one, as, as you remembered earlier. And I remember holding my hands in front, like having the zero and the one like flashed it up to them. I mean, I wasn't like fully serious. Thank God. Right. Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, that is so cringeworthy. Like, who were you? Embarrassing. That is so awesome. (laughs) Oh my God. What's life if you don't have a story like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? Like we've talked about guys do that kind of stuff all the time and no one thinks twice. Cane out so that they can run around the bases and it bounces. Like Like you literally dip during the game, you know, like, come on. (laughs) So anyway, cringeworthy. That is amazing. That's a great story. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that that was going to come out today, but I knew it was happy. It did. well this was awesome like it's been like obviously we've I've known you for so long but like we haven't gotten to actually catch up like this in forever so this was right. super fun thank you yeah I had a great this was great we covered so many good things this has been so fun it was so fun getting to catch up with Sammy softball has grown so much but it's still a small world in a lot of ways there's just so many people you meet growing up playing with them or against each other over the years just all of that And then before you know it, 20 years later, you're on a podcast together. So what a fun way for us to catch up and for you to hear more of her story. Because like we said, stories are the best. That's the best part. And with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about something important, which is don't be afraid of greatness. Don't be afraid of greatness. It sounds kind of weird because your gut reaction might be, Well, don't we all want greatness? I mean, why would we be afraid of it? Well, yes, we all want greatness, but not everybody is willing to deal with everything that comes with greatness. Achieving greatness takes a lot. It's discipline, sacrifice, stamina. It's hard. Remember what Tom Hanks says in A League of Their Own, if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. It's spot on. And the thing is about that is once you do achieve greatness, (laughs) if you do get there, You set that bar for yourself and you might feel like there's no going back. Like, hey, I have to do this all the time now. Or how could I possibly go through all of that adversity again? And that can be daunting. 
So sometimes when greatness is actually within reach, you freak out about how things could change and think how it will be easier to maybe just continue living your life as you know it. And for me, it's, it's kind of like a 3-0 count. I think it's easy to just automatically take the next pitch to stay safe, do what a lot of coaches have always asked of their players. But why not take the chance and swing away? Yeah, there's a shot. You might pop up or miss hit the ball, but the only way to know is to actually try. And it's the same with fielding. I mean, I've seen some fielders hesitate to go after a grounder hit in the hole maybe or hesitate to dive for a flare in the outfield because they're almost like afraid to make an error. But to me, the real error is not trying, not in making the mistake. That's where the failure is, especially when you're faced with adversity. If we think of adversity as a challenge, and then we think of every challenge as an opportunity for greatness, if you just think of it that way and you keep attacking them head on, maybe greatness will feel less scary and actually a little bit more right. So that's it. Don't be afraid of greatness. That's the foul tip of the week. With these foul tips, I feel like our future's so bright, we got to wear our shades. You know what I mean? And I actually have the perfect sunglasses for you. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So use the exclusive code K9Cast15 at canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canon, clearly better. You've been listening to Believe in Softball presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. You can also watch the videos on YouTube. Please do. There's really some cool stuff there. Hit that subscribe button, rate the show, and write a review. Share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, again, at Believe in Softball, B-L-E-A-V. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra2. Thank you for tuning in as always and catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.